It's a little bit of an orchestra piece by composer Jacob Druckmann. The title is Chiaroscuro, which is an Italian term for the play of light and shadow. We heard the Juilliard Orchestra with Lucas Foss conducting. Welcome to Roll Open Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. The title of today's show is Musical Chiaroscuro. I thought it'd be fun to feature composers who have been inspired by this artistic technique to create the same kind of idea, the same kind of contrasts in music. The term chiaroscuro is an Italian term. It comes from the Italian Renaissance. It literally means light-dark. And if you think of those classic paintings by Titian or Raphael, it's usually a black background, and then the painter uses contrasting colors to create these central figures that look as if they're lit. They really stand out in relief against that black background. And this led to charcoal drawings that were in black and white, where they used shadings to create light and dark in the art. So on today's show, I'm going to feature composers who are trying to create similar contrasts in their music. I opened the program with that moody piece by Jacob Druckmann, which is actually called Chiaroscuro. Let's have some more moody music exploring the darker side of Chiaroscuro. This piece is called Shadows by Stephen Block. It's also for orchestra. I think here the composer is interested in a more psychological definition of shadows, the shadows that exist in the mind. Let's have a listen. This is the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra, Robert Stankowski conducting Shadows by Stephen Block. Thank you. 
Music inspired by a psychological definition of shadows, the shadows that are in the mind, which makes me think of that radio serial, if you remember it, by Orson Welles, actually called The Shadow, and that very famous opening, almost a very film noir sound that we're getting out of the orchestra here. The piece is called Shadows. It's by Stephen Block, and we heard Robert Stankowski conducting the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra. So many different coloristic effects in that piece. And you know, we musicians talk about color in music all the time, and I'm not totally convinced that we all mean the same thing when we talk about it. Of course, there is the color of an individual instrument, it's timbre, but there's also the colors that you get when you combine instruments in different ways. I'm thinking especially of the percussion in that last piece by Stephen Block. What a wonderful coloristic effect he gets out of the percussion and out of the orchestra in general. Let's turn now to a very different conception of chiaroscuro. I could not find program notes for this piece, although I like it very, very much. But to me, at least, it sounds like we're exploring the lighter side of light-dark. It's not a surprise that most composers are going to be drawn to the dark side. I had no trouble finding music exploring the shadows. But here, I think we are exploring the lighter side of chiaroscuro. The work is by Colin Brumby, and it's called Chiaroscuro. We're going to hear the third movement. Our performers are perihelion.
Music depicting what I think of as the lighter side of chiaroscuro, which again in Italian literally means light, dark. And I think so many composers are drawn to the shadows, as are we all. But that piece is more rhythmic, I think more on the light side. It's Chiaroscuro by Colin Brumby, performed by Perihelion. I'm going to play music now by composer Huck Hodge for whom chiaroscuro is nothing new, really. In fact, it's a technique that he has used in his music quite a bit. This is because he's from Seattle, and as he says, the light in the Northwest creates this very interesting pattern because it's so often cloudy. When the light breaks through the clouds, it creates a natural chiaroscuro effect, and from when he was a young child, this has been a huge influence on his music, an effect that he has sought to create in his pieces. I'm going to play a piece called Pools of Shadow from an Older Sky. It's a piece that he wrote while he was in Rome on the Rome Prize Fellowship, and it's a reference to Galileo's telescope. But when I hear the title, I can't help but think of that northern Washington sky. Let's have a listen to the second movement, Ave Maris Stella. The composer himself is performing on piano with computer-processed effects.
That's music by Huck Hodge, a composer who frequently uses chiaroscuro in his works. I really feel like we can hear that. There's a lot of contrasts in the music that we just heard, not only in the electronics and the piano, but the sounds too, the sounds that he's getting. There are lighter and darker sounds. Of course, we'll all define those terms differently, but I think that's kind of the point. We heard the second movement, Ave Maris Stella, from Pools of Shadow from an Older Sky. And Huck Hodge, the composer, was also the performer on piano and electronics. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. My theme today is musical chiaroscuro, composers who are interested in translating this Italian Renaissance technique of the play of light and shadow to their music. For streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, and to subscribe to our podcast, you can visit relevanttones.com. The theme of today's show is musical chiaroscuro. I love this idea of light and shadow and how that translates to music. As I've said, we talk about color in music, we talk about contrasts, we talk about light and shadow, but I don't think that any one composer ever means the same thing when they talk about these things. And we're hearing a lot of different examples of how composers have chosen to translate this idea to their music. The next piece is by John Corleano, and it's for two pianos. It's called Chiaroscuro, like many of the pieces on the program today. But I'm going to play two movements, one called Light and one called Shadows. So here we're going to have the same composer interested in both sides of the coin. Prior to this, we've really only heard Shadows or Light by any of the composers that we've played. But here, we're going to have John Corleano's take on both ideas. The other thing you should know about this piece is that one of the pianos has been tuned a quarter tone flat from the other, so it's going to sound a little bit out of tune to our ears. Let's listen to Ursula Oppens and Jerome Lowenthal perform the first two movements, Light and Shadows, of Chiaroscuro by John Corleano.
Music inspired by light and shadows. We heard the first two movements of Chiaroscuro by John Corleano. A very interesting choice to detune one of the pianos. He says in the program notes that when writing for two pianos, he wasn't really sure what to do because they're both the same timbre. And so he decided to change the timbre, so to speak, of one by changing the tuning. I'm always so impressed, too, that piano tuners can actually do that, that they can detune a piano a quarter tone, make it exactly mathematically a quarter tone off from the other piano. Just absolutely fantastic. I feel like we should credit the tuner on the recording as well. Great performance by Ursula Oppens and Jerome Lowenthal. Light and Shadows from Chiaroscuro. We're going to have two more pieces on the program that have Chiaroscuro in their title. The first is by Richard Lavenda. It's also written for a very interesting instrumentation. It's for vibraphone, alto flute, bassoon, and double bass. And the composer wrote it for that ensemble, and he says that he took advantage of this somewhat unusual combination of instruments to write a piece that used a lot of really interesting shadings in the timbres of these instruments. And that then led him to the idea to call it chiaroscuro. So the timbral shadings here are providing the contrasting light and shadow, but it's not necessarily inspired by the artistic idea of light and shadow. Instead, it's in the instrumentation. Here are Matthew Strauss, Leon Baizi, Benjamin Kamens, and Timothy Pitts to perform Chiaroscuro by Richard Lavenda. Thank you. 
interesting question and answer type phrasings in that piece, especially there at the end. The music goes up and then it comes back down. Sounds like it's questioning and then perhaps answering that question. That's Chiaroscuro by Richard Lavenda. Very interesting instrumentation as well. We heard Matthew Strauss, vibraphone, Leon Baizi, alto flute, Benjamin Kamen's bassoon, and Timothy Pitt's double bass. Here the Chiaroscuro effect is in the instrumentation rather than a specific attempt to transfer this artistic technique to music. The last piece I'm going to play on the program today is an interesting take on this concept. It's called Chiaroscuro Azzurro, or a blue chiaroscuro. Here the light in the light and shadow has a blue tint to it. The piece is by Laura Schwendinger, and it's a violin concerto. And Laura Schwendinger is a composer who's very interested in light. In fact, her sister is a lighting designer, quite a well-known lighting designer, and she's worked with her before to create multimedia works with music and lighting. Let's hear how she transfers this concept into her music, specifically in this violin concerto. We're going to hear the third movement, performed by Curtis McComber, violin soloist, with the Madison Sinfonietta, led by Nicole Paymont. Thank you. 
a great upbeat ending to our program today. It was the third movement of Chiaroscuro Azzurro, a violin concerto by Laura Schwendinger. We heard Curtis McComber, the violin soloist, performing with the Madison Sinfonietta, led by Nicole Paymont. Well, it's all the time we have on the program today for this theme, Musical Chiaroscuro. But it's always interesting to me whenever a musician is inspired by art, this idea of transferring something in a visual medium to music is so fascinating, and especially the play of light and shadow, chiaroscuro. If you think about the early paintings up to the charcoal drawings, all the way up to film noir, think of that wonderful opening shot in Citizen Kane. It's no wonder that composers have been inspired by this. I hope you enjoyed the program today, and I encourage our listeners to check out chiaroscuro artworks in their local museum. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders, with special thanks to Rory Hartong-Redden. You can find us as a podcast on iTunes, and for more information about the program and the artists we've featured, and for streaming versions of all previous episodes, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, the Amphion Foundation, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.